the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joined now by Texas Senator John Cornyn. Good morning, Senator. How are you? I'm doing great, Hugh. Good to be with you. I want to know, I just had a caller assert that because the bill was read, the stimulus bill was read in the Senate, that senators know what's in it. Do you actually know what's in this bill, Senator Cornyn? Well, I, I feel like I've got the uh, a general understanding of what's in it. Ninety uh, percent of it doesn't have anything to do with COVID-19, and less than one percent has to do with deploying uh, vaccines. And so this uh, this is a Trojan horse, Hugh, uh, for a lot of uh, a lot of the left's agenda that uh, they can't, couldn't otherwise pass through Congress. So, yeah, I, I understand that much. Last night I read that half of the San Francisco city budget is going to be covered by this bill. And I kind of sat there stunned thinking, uh, did it get down to that level of detail? Is it that granular that cities know how much money they're getting? Yeah, this uh, we, we earlier in March of last year in the CARES Act, we appropriated money for state and local governments to try to help them uh, with their COVID response and to in part make up for uh, the reduction in sales tax revenue, which is an essential part of their base, tax base. But this, uh, this floods the zone with a lot of money that is not to where there's no demonstrated need. But, yeah, it will, it will filter down not only to the states but to uh, municipalities as well. How much discretion does Team Biden have over where the money ends up? I, I, I kind of like the uh, direct payments to families based on children because at least the government doesn't play favorites there. But how much leverage does Team Biden have to steer the money? Well, they've they've they'll, uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, the um, you know, as you point out, the direct payments to uh, uh, to individuals is not something that they will be uh, have much impact on. But the money that goes to the states and local governments, uh, health care, uh, schools and the like, um, will be basically controlled at the local and state level now uh, once the money has been appropriated. Now, now, Senator, I got to ask you as well. Joe Manchin, your colleague, said he wasn't going to change the filibuster, and then this week he's made comments indicating that he would. Have you talked to Senator Manchin about whether or not he's backpedaling on his commitment to keep the filibuster rule intact? Well, Joe Joe Manchin's a nice guy, and everybody likes Joe, but he's he is uh, being very uh, vague uh, about what his intentions are. And frankly, I don't really have confidence that uh, when Chuck Schumer really puts the hammer down uh, that he's going to be able to withstand the pressure. I hope I'm wrong, along with Senator Sinema, both of whom have said they oppose the elimination of the filibuster. But um, we've seen that when uh, when push comes to shove, uh, he'll vote and uh, Senator Sinema will vote for this uh, $1.9 trillion Trojan horse. And so I'm, I don't have a lot of confidence. 
Is there permit? See, I'm worried about HR one, Senator. I normally yeah. don't worry about HR one because it it won't get sixty votes in a thousand years, and so I tell right. people, yeah, it's just a symbolic thing. But if he changes his mind, then HR one gets. It's an unconstitutional bill. But are you actually worried about HR one now? Well, I I I am. I think that um, you know a lot of this would not ordinarily be. You couldn't pass it through the budget process, but you're right. If we eliminate the filibuster, 51 uh, senators or 50 senators plus the vice president could uh, could pass it. Uh, I am concerned about that, and uh, believe me, uh, we'll fight it with everything we've got, but I am concerned. Now, in terms of, of following up, we, we're going to have a tough cycle. Your colleague uh, uh, from Missouri announced yesterday, Senator Butt, that he's gone. Uh, joining Portman and Toomey going out the door. It looks like Ron Johnson's going to retire. You've run the NRSC before. How do we how do we pick up the two seats we need if we're going to have so many retirements? Well, we got to recruit good candidates, and uh, I know that uh, Rick Scott uh, from Florida, who's the current chairman of the senatorial committee, is working hard on that along with Senator McConnell. Uh, I think there's some good candidates uh, that have already come forward and uh, that. But obviously, when you have a an incumbent, um, I think that represents some vulnerability. Missouri has been turning more, trending more red, uh, as has Ohio. Uh, Pennsylvania always seems to have a way of breaking breaking your heart. Uh, but uh, and Pat Toomey will be a big loss there. But I'm I'm confident that the political environment will be one where the Democrats have overreached so much to pursue their ideological agenda. Uh, that uh, we're going to have a pretty good 2022 if we can just get the recruit the good candidates. Last question on the 1.9 trillion, Senator. Um, it's going to have an inflationary effect. It's already unsettling yes. bond markets. Has anyone really got their arms around how much money this is? The largest appropriation in the history of the world. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Ron Johnson had a had a diagram showing if he stacked one dollar bills, it would go halfway to the moon. It's. Uh, it's impossible for, I think, the human mind to conceive of how much money this is. And this is already on top of $4 trillion that we spent last year during the midst of the pandemic. Uh, this is purely, uh, almost entirely wasted money now um, because we are, as you know, the economy is coming back. Uh, people are getting vaccinated. I think we're, uh, we're coming out of this dark uh, period of the pandemic and uh, uh, normalizing our economy and our lives once again. Six trillion dollars. It's almost impossible to believe in my 30-year broadcast career. I, I don't think I ever would have predicted a six trillion dollar 18 months. Senator John Cornyn, thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Thanks to a nearly unanimous Supreme Court, colleges and universities may well face a reckoning for their attempts to bully students into silence on their campuses. Justice Clarence Thomas ruled in an 8-1 decision that a student at Georgia Gwinnett College did not have to demonstrate actual damages 
to sue over the school's actions in preventing his religious expression and political speech on campus. For far too long, these academic institutions have stifled dissent and discourse. The use of speech zones and policies prioritizing sensitivity over the First Amendment have been mere conveniences in forcing students to buckle under to the left's dogma in the very venues that should challenge it. It's an enormous victory by Alliance Defending Freedom, along with the support of, yes, the ACLU and the Catholic Church. It will serve to balance the equation back in favor of free speech and free thought. Speech codes and enforced assent will now have real cost to academia. Perhaps we may yet see a new dawn of freedom on our campuses. 